It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is October 1st, 2020. My name is Philip Ross Mike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to recap game one of the NBA Finals and tell you what storylines and who you should be cheering for as the NBA Finals begin. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. The searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with this Cushane detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the latest on the Los Angeles Lakers or Miami Heat? While my, while my analysis and my breakdown is certainly good, it is nowhere near as good as you will find on Locked On Lakers and Locked On Heat. Get complete NBA Finals coverage from the local guys who follow this team every single day. Check them out today. Locked On Lakers or Locked On Heat. You can also check out our national podcast, Locked On NBA, for some great national perspective on the NBA Finals too. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College Tube, there is a Locked On podcast for you. The search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's broad, today's podcast, excuse me, is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA Finals got off to, it felt like a real rocky start 
Uh, the Miami Heat zoomed ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers. They were able to hit shots. And, you know, you always see that kind of posturing, that 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 initial salvo in, in the beginning of any series, but certainly the NBA Finals, uh, as teams begin to feel each other out and the stakes begin to rise. Um, the Heat staked an early 13-point lead, and, and it looked like Miami was going to be able to shoot their way into this game, and, and then there's their spunk and their energy was going to carry them a really far away. And then it's gone. And then the Lakers happened. Um, the Lakers would eventually lead after one quarter, 31-28. They went on something like a 72-30 to 30 run. It was, what, uh, it was, what, 62-39 uh, to 39 in the second and third quarters. It This game turned into a beatdown. The largest lead the Lakers held was 32. And it's because, A, Anthony Davis is really good. And, and having veterans who have been on the final stage before, like LeBron James, even like Dwight Howard, probably helped him and helped help that whole team. Um, you know, I I remember watching the game in the third quarter and saying, you know, saying to myself, this has real 2009 Finals Game 1 vibes. If you don't remember the 2009 Finals, you know, the Magic were a surprising team to get into the NBA Finals as, as a three seed. They'd upset the Boston Celtics. They upset the Cleveland Cavaliers. Beating the Cavs in Game 6 of that Eastern Conference Finals series very much felt like a victory. Uh, and, 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 you know, no one will ever take that night away from us. That was a huge night. I'm sure LeBron James remembers it well. When they got to the NBA Finals, when they faced the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that had been to the Finals in 2008, obviously they had Phil Jackson as their head coach and Kobe Bryant. They got on that stage, and I think, I think like even several Magic players have admitted, uh, including Dwight Howard, including Jameer Nelson, including Stan Van Gundy, have admitted that when they got onto the Finals stage, the moment got a little big. You know, kind of that carefree attitude that they played with throughout the playoffs at that point. All of a sudden, you've got the media crush. You've got... You know the the just the gravity of the moment. You know the the the, the bunting, the you know so to speak, the the way the court is set up. You know all, all of it just becomes very very real. And you know it, it certainly felt at stages of game one. Well, the Heat played with kind of that carefree, loose way at the beginning of the game. It started to feel like the moment was getting a little big for them. Um, and, and again, you, you go back to game one of two thousand nine. The Magic, I think, lost. 175, or you know, they got they got beat up pretty badly, and a lot of it was the Magic just didn't seem ready for the moment. Like there, there were just in any playoff game, and honestly, this is true. You know, you see these playoff blowouts, and you don't think about them too much. But really, it turns on like two or three plays, or on like a stretch of five minutes. And you know, the Lakers went on that run at the beginning of the first quarter in this game in 2020, uh, and then they. Went on another run in the second and third quarter. And, and, and things compounded, compounded for the Heat. You know, Jimmy Butler turned his ankle. He would come back into the game. Um, Bam Adebayo had a, had a shoulder injury that I, think that I think that he had to leave the game for. Gordon Dragic tore his plantar fascia and had to leave the game quite suddenly. And all of a sudden, you know, the Heat were down like three very, very big players. And, and so that certainly had a little bit to do with the deficit. I, I, don't, I don't think we can divorce that from, from anything else. Now, the Heat aren't going to give up. That's not in their DNA. That's not who they are. They're going to try and come back, and they're going to have to play very, very well, especially if Dragic has to miss some time. But this Heat team is still very, very capable. The Lakers, though, played a, a fantastic game. You know, you just run down the stats. LeBron James, 25 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. Just, again, just another incredible performance. Anthony Davis, 34 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Really the key difference in the game. 
The Lakers make 15 of 38 three-pointers, including three from Danny Green, who struggled throughout these playoffs. But no one guy was taking a ton of threes. Um, you know, Green was three for eight. That's his role. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was two for six. Rayshon Rondo, one for five. Maybe that's the only bad one. But LeBron's two for four. Davis is two for four. The Lakers got to the foul line for 27 free-throw attempts. They made 25 of their 27 free-throw attempts. That is about as perfect as you can be. And the Heat just couldn't put enough stress on the Lakers' defense. I mean, Jimmy Butler had a fine game, 23 points, 8 for 13, shooting 5 assists. You know, he did his part. Bam Adebayo only scoring 8 points, playing only 21 minutes because of the injury. Certainly hurt. Goran Dragic scoring only 6 points, playing 14, almost 15 minutes um, because of the injury. Really, really hurt. Uh, and, and I don't think that... I don't think that the Heat can really sustain these kinds of losses. Now, again, the Lakers, same could happen to the Lakers in Game 2. Who the, who the hell knows? The bottom line is, you know, just kind of the, the, the baseline bottom line here is the Heat had to get comfortable and the Lakers were already comfortable to, to be up, uh, to be down as much as they were down early, to get that punch in the mouth and just kind of stay even-tempered. I mean, I, I remember, you know, Jeff Van Gundy pointed out that, you know, the Heat were down 13, but Frank Vogel was still sticking to his normal rotation. He said, you know, it's game one. You're probably not looking to panic or mix things up, but, you know, give Frank Vogel credit. You know, staying even-tempered, and we all know here in Orlando, he was very, very even-tempered for the most part. Staying even-tempered, staying very, very cool is a big part of his DNA and very big part of why I think the Lakers were able to come back in this game. Certainly LeBron's leadership, part of that too. Now, the, the Lakers certainly still have some things to figure out. Dwight Howard really struggled with Bam Adebayo, particularly early. Um, looked a little bit out of place. You know, they've, they've moved him into the starting lineup. It'll be interesting to see if they keep him there, if they try it one more time. Uh, game two is going to be another kind of te- testing of that stress point, I think. If Miami's going to win this series, they got to get to the foul line. That's something I think Zach Lowe has pointed out. Miami just 11 for 14 from the foul line, 11 for 35 from beyond the arc. This is a Heat team that has to make threes. Um, that is that is this team's offense, is they have Jimmy Butler who can attack the basket, and then they spread the floor with shooters. They have a great passing big man in Bam Adebayo. Um, and, and, and then, especially since the bubble started, they really get after you defensively. The Heat have had their wide-eyed moment in the NBA Finals. Just like in 2009 now, the Heat have to come back and play with a lot more intensity, and I think they will. Even with the injuries, I think they will. Go back to 2009 now. Game two. The Magic and the Lakers play an ugly, ugly game that the Magic are able to force into overtime, obviously with the with the missed alley-oop or the goaltended alley-oop at the end that should have won the game. Kobe took over. Kobe and Pau Gasol took over that game in overtime. And ultimately, star power is going to win this thing. If LeBron James and Anthony Davis play like this the rest of the series, the Heat don't stand a chance. I said, I said online, so you can go back. I have the receipts. Um, I said the Lakers in a soft six. That that is my pick for this series. And and by soft, and someone asked me like, what does what does that mean? Pick 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 them. And I said, well, it's essentially me saying Lakers in five and a half. I, I think that the Heat are capable, certainly of getting hot, and, and they, they're playing really really well. So I'm trying to show them respect. Um, I, I think that the Lakers win this series, but feels very comfortably. Um, you know, I think that if the Heat win, they will win in close games. I don't think the Lakers are going to get blown out in this series. Um, but I think it will be very, very evident that the Lakers have control of this series and are the better team. Um, you know, like I, I like I would say this. I, I would consider. You know, I'm bringing it back to the Magic here. I would consider the way the Lakers beat the Magic in 2009 to be a hard five. 
that was that was a tight that was a tighter series than I think a lot of people remember. Um, the Magic should have won Game Two, should have won Game Four for sure, um, and, and and so the Magic let opportunities slip away. Um, but to me, and some people say, oh, you know, if Jameer were healthy, the Magic would have won the series, or if the Magic didn't play Jameer, they would have won that series. No, that Lakers team in two thousand nine was better than the Magic. They deserve to win the title. I have no problem with them with them claiming that, winning that championship. Um, the Magic were just not ready for that stage. And, and again, honestly, I, I think if Jimmy Nelson were healthy, that would have been a very different series, but I'm not sure the outcome would have been drastically different. The Lakers had some real matchup advantages that the Magic couldn't figure out. You know, Trevor Reza got hot at the right time. They could. They were one of the few teams that could actually play small and match up with the Magic, putting Trevor Reza on Rashard Lewis or Trevor Reza on Hito Turkoglu and Lamar Odom on the other guy. Um, Dwight would get one of the two bigs out of out of the game early, and that was honestly a mistake. That was a, that was a trap almost. Um, and, and you know that that magic that magic team was great, um, but you know, like I, I as I often tell people, I think the 2010 team was a lot better. Um, um, but you know that was that to me like that that 2009 finals is is what I would call a hard five. Um, the Lakers had to fight for all five of those games essentially, except games one and five. Obviously, the only that were were kind of blowouts, but. Um, the Lakers had a tough series. It wasn't like, you know, the Magic got a pity game. The Magic had their chances to win that series. Like, the, the Magic Bucks series was a soft was a, was a soft five, I mean, to me. It was, it was, it was a five-game series. The Magic stole one in game one, and then they were never really in the series the rest of the way. That, that, that's kind of, that's how I evaluate, that's how I predict series. So if that doesn't make sense, I, I don't know what, what does. But um, I, I do have the Lakers in six. I'm leaning back toward five after the way they played in game one, but I'll stick to my written prediction of Lakers in a soft six. Um, game two will be interesting just to see what the Heat do with the injuries they have. They got to hope that Tyler Hero shoots better, six for 18 from the floor. Um, they got to get to the foul line more. Um, and if they do that, um, they, they, they'll have a chance to win. I mean, I think the Lakers are not invincible by any stretch of the imagination. The Los Angeles Lakers take game one of the NBA Finals, 116-98. to Game two is Friday. We'll talk a little bit about what Magic fans should be looking for and who Magic fans should be cheering for coming up in just a moment. But I'm recording this uh, at around noon here on Thursday afternoon. Um, you know, sorry about getting this out late. I'm, you know, I'm trying to move to a, an off-season schedule so I can try and get a little bit of sleep, trying to take, take care of myself. Uh, but obviously, recording this late, I'm not going to have the time to make lunch. Lunch is, lunch is, lunch is a young man's game, and I'm, I'm lazy and I'm old. So I'm going to call up my pals at DoorDash and get them to deliver my favorite restaurants directly to me. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now. Right now. Well, maybe not right now. They got to prepare the food and all that. But right now and right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With more than 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities they operate in safe. Right now, our listeners are going to get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's two N's in NBA. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, don't forget, I've only said it twice already, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, uh, there's no getting around this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Lakers and the Heat represent probably the two teams Magic fans hate most. That's just true. The Los Angeles Lakers notably have stolen, and yeah, I said stolen, the top two players in Magic history in their primes. The Magic were poised to take over the Eastern Conference whenever Michael Jordan decided to try or challenge him even in the 1997 season. And then Shaq left for Los Angeles because, yes, the Magic mishandled things. We're not going to hide from from how the Magic mishandled his free agency and didn't read the tea leaves or perhaps understand how the NBA actually worked. A young franchise got played by old vets and Jerry West, and maybe Shaq was always destined to go to L.A. anyway. But that still stings in this city. Don't, don't get it wrong. Shaq's departure really, really stung. Fast forward 12 years later, the Orlando Magic have Dwight Howard. They're back in their championship window. They lose again to the Los Angeles Lakers in the finals. Don't think we've forgotten that either, as I mentioned in my in my finals recap. And then the Magic, yeah, mishandled things again. They, they didn't build a championship team. They didn't understand how to build a championship team effectively. Um, you know, maybe make the sacrifices it takes to stay relevant as a small market team. And then Dwight twisted the Magic in the wind for a little bit, or the Magic left Dwight twisting in the wind a little bit. And he eventually forced his way to Los Angeles. At least that was just a one-year deal. So, yes, Magic fans don't like the Lakers. The Magic are a small market team that has had a lot of of success compared to a lot of other small market teams, to be frank. But at the end of the day, their windows were cut short because the Lakers decided, or because the players, a player decided the Lakers were better for them even though the Lakers were not as good as the Magic at the time that they left. So be it. That's kind of the plot plot of the NBA throughout its history. Players forcing their way to the Lakers for whatever reason. Where the Magic have had to work hard and have had to try to figure out how to build a culture and a program. And yes, they've struggled with that for most of their 31 years. And as I've I've often argued, the Magic were beneficiaries of a lot of luck very early on in their franchise history, and I do think that that hurt a lot of the way this franchise has developed over the course of its ten- of its time. But at the end of the day, the Magic's windows have always been very, very short, whereas the Lakers' window seems infinite. And there's jealousy there, as there should be. It, it, it's so easy for the Lakers, and yet for the Magic, it's been extremely hard. And once you find that superstar, your clock is ticking, and eventually it runs out. Whereas the Lakers, that clock never runs out. They always are players in the big system. Of course, Magic fans don't like the Heat much more. <laughs> the Miami Heat are our closest geographical rival. Their fans pack the Amway Center. Lakers fans too, by the way. But Heat fans pack the Amway Center and seemingly only come out of the woodwork and bit loud when their team is very, very good. Um, that's, that's okay. I, I, I don't begrudge bandwagon fans. Every team needs them. 
But I would say this. Watching the Heat be successful in the way that they have, to build what essentially has become the San Antonio Spurs of the Eastern Conference. The last 25 years under Pat Riley have been outstanding from the Heat. From getting Alonzo Mourning and playing some 3D chess to to, to force Shaq out of Orlando. Um, To drafting Dwayne Wade and building a title team quickly around him. To getting LeBron James to... You know, winning those three championships, obviously, you know, six, uh, 12, and 13. Uh, and then quickly rebuilding after losing James. As I've argued before, and one reason why I think it is interesting to cheer for the Heat in this series. As I've argued before, the Heat have built essentially the way the Magic want to build. The Magic want to be a team that builds from the middle, that strikes at the right moment, that is able to draft and develop players to fill in their roster and eventually to move along to get the bigger fish, to be players in the bigger picture. But I think Magic fans really hate about the Heat is how many steps they seem to skip. By television market, Miami is not much bigger than Orlando. Obviously, that South Florida television market, you know, those rankings don't include Fort Lauderdale and, and West Palm Beach. And so the television market in Miami is much bigger, but it, it, it feels like, to me, Miami is a team that operates like a small market. They, uh, they, have the, the, they have the need to create a culture and an idea and a vision for who they are that small market teams have to have. But they also operate like a big market team. The reason why the Heat are where they are is because they have an incredible culture that they're able to sell to a lot of players. They have young players that they constantly draft and develop, finding them really out of nowhere. I mean, again, Bam Adebayo was picked, what, 13th? Tyler Hero, 12th? They have not built this team with, with lottery picks. And then, at the end of the day, this summer, Jimmy Butler chose the Heat. He said, I want to play in Miami. Get it done. And the Heat got it done. And, and again, one thing that I think we have to be very, you have to be very admire about the Heat is their willingness to go all in all the time. And still create the flexibility to make all these other little moves. They went all in this year, trading away Hassan Whiteside, trading away Tyler Johnson, trading away Josh Richardson. Big contracts. They almost traded away Goran Dragic, which probably would have cost them this finals if they had. And yet they still had the pieces to go get Jay Crowder and Andre Godala at the trade deadline when they thought, you know, we might have something really special here. And on top of all this, the Heat have the cap room to go after a max player in 2021. The Heat are not going anywhere anytime soon. That's actually a reason not to cheer for them. Because while they've proven, while they and the Toronto Raptors have proven that you can grow from the middle and win the Eastern Conference, the Raptors, everyone kind of knew that was 50-50 that, that Kawhi was going to stay. And the Heat are just getting started. This is a beginning stage for the Miami Heat. So yes, there is... There are probably two, no two franchises that Magic fans hate more than the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. And watching these NBA Finals is going to be excruciating. It's going to be so hard. Because we don't want either of these teams to win. Both of these teams represent things the Magic are not. The Magic are not a big market. They're not a small market. They're not a free agent destination. I've been criticized and, and told that my comparison between how the Magic are building and how the Heat are building um, is incorrect or that the Magic won't be able to duplicate what the Heat have done. And I say, absolutely. 
The Magic don't have Pat Riley to sit down with his rings. The Magic don't have three championships in their back pocket. They don't have a coach like Eric Spolstra. They don't have these advantages. So yes, at some point, the Magic are going to have to make an all-in move. They're going to have to take a huge risk that could cost the franchise everything, force them to restart completely. And as I've often told people, it, it's it, that risk has got to be very calculated. You've got to you've got to be very very sure. You got to make that bet as safe as possible. You know, you want to bet big, and so there's obviously a lot of risk. But you want to make that bet as safe as possible too. So again, these two teams represent everything the Magic are not. But like I said. The Heat are going to be here for a long time. And then winning a championship is going, only going to increase those advantages. It's only going to make those things harder. And frankly, if I'm a Magic fan, I'm cheering for the Lakers not just because of that reason. I'm cheering for the Lakers because of the people on there. The Magic connections on that team. I'm cheering for the Lakers because I want Dwight Howard to win a title. I want Frank Vogel to find success. And while it stings that they're not doing it in Magic uniforms, it's better to see them do it now than then. And I'll explain why the Magic, why Magic fans should be cheering for these players and for, for, their, for this coach coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Built Bar. I have talked about Built Bar on this podcast forever, it seems. And I, you know, I, I am skeptical of protein bars. I'm not a big, you know, workout guy. I'm not, I'm not, you know, you know, beefy or anything like that. Um, but I have gotten into the into that world a little bit. And every time I get a protein bar, it's either essentially a meal replacement bar. It'll be like 250, 300 calories. It's just like, I I'm not looking for a meal replacement bar. I'm looking to boost my workout a little bit with a little bit of protein uh, and just give, give myself the energy. So, you know, my, you know my, when my legs feel like jelly, I'll be able to get through the rest of my day. And that's what's great about Built Bar. Built Bar not only tastes great, it is low calorie. Roughly 150 calories maybe per bar, sometimes even less. And I can tell you from trying so uh, several flavors now that when they say that these taste like candy bars, they taste like candy bars. Built Bar is even more delicious than ever. They got new packaging too, which is awesome. 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, which is very, very good. Carrot cake. Apple Almond Crisp, and the 12 original flavors, of course, German Chocolate, very, very good. Banana Bread, Double Chocolate, probably my favorite. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets. Just check out the flavor profile on the Peanut Butter Bar. 19 grams of protein. Just 180 calories. You'd think, you'd think for something like candy bar, you'd get a lot more. Five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. It is the perfect snack to supplement your workout or give you the energy to get through the rest of your day. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I also want to talk to you a little bit about RockAuto.com. Our cars are our babies, especially here in Florida. You can't get anywhere without your car. That's just the way this, this, this state is laid out. And so you got to take care of it like it matters. So take care of it with the best parts. If you're someone that takes care of your car yourself, sometimes going to the dealership, sometimes going to the auto parts store can be confusing and you're not even sure they have the correct part. RockAuto.com takes away all that mystery 
and gets the parts delivered directly to you as easy as possible. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So why should we be rooting for the Lakers? Obviously, the Magic connections on the Lakers run a little bit deeper than they do on the Heat. There are actually no Magic connections to the Heat. The only reason to cheer for the Heat it would seem is proof that, yes, you can win a championship by growing from the middle. The Raptors proved that last year, actually. And, and I think the Magic are following the Raptors and, and Heat kind of models of rebuilding very similarly. Um, obviously, there's, there's still some pieces to go, and, and, and no map is perfectly aligned. Obviously, things happen, things change, dynamics shift. Um, but that, there is a way forward. That's, that's, that's the point I, I constantly try to make. And you know, maybe the Magic ceiling isn't as high as those Raptors teams were, but, you know, the Raptors struggled for a long time, too, before they figured things out. It, it, it's the right trade at the right moment that really takes your team over the top, it seems like. Or, you know, again, you get a stroke of good luck or the right guy develops or, or so on and so forth. But really, the, the reason why I am, I'm rooting for the Lakers to win this finals um, is not just my affinity for seeing great players uh, win and, and to see great players get their place in history, which I certainly think LeBron James is doing. Um, you know, I'm happy the Magic beat him in 2009, but yes, you know, there, there's probably a part of me that would say I would have loved to see LeBron play Kobe in the finals. Um, and there's a part, and I don't know if LeBron was ready necessarily for that at that point, um, but I, I, I would say I, I'm always happy when the best players win championships. I, I, I am always been partial to Dirk. I was happy to see him win a title. You know, I, I do think about history and, and the legacies that these players leave behind as, as you know, we will talk about this series and who wins this series for the next 20, 25 years. Um, you know, this stuff does ring into eternity, so to speak. But the reason why I am cheering for the Lakers is because of those magic connections. Say what you want about Dwight Howard. Say what you want about the way that he exited this team. He is still, if not the best player, and there's certainly debate about that, then certainly the second best player, and, and, all, and without doubt, on the Magic's Mount Rushmore. If the Magic retired jerseys, if they retired jerseys, which is a debate for another day, Dwight Howard's number 12 would be hanging in the rafters the moment he retires. One day, Dwight Howard will be inducted into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. It would be ridiculous if he didn't. And eventually, all the bad feelings that have lingered in the air over the last eight years will disappear. They've disappeared with Shaq. And Shaq obviously did something much worse to Orlando, although Orlando did some pretty bad things to him too. It, it, it's hard, I know. A lot of people don't forgive Dwight, and the Magic are still digging themselves out of the hole that Dwight Howard left them when he departed the team. There's, there's no denying this. Dwight Howard is not 
exactly ingratiated himself back into the Orlando community. And maybe that's a project that he will explore after he, re- after he retires. His career has, though, been a winding road. A frustratingly winding road. Obviously, he left Orlando thinking that he was joining a Lakers team poised to win a title with Kobe Bryant, with Pau Gasol, with eventually Steve Nash. And frankly, Howard was still kind of in his invincible mode back then. Yes, he never quite matured, but he felt like he could play through any injury. And his back was really messed up. And in fact, I I think that was more the reason why he left Orlando than anything else. Yes, the Magic weren't looking to win, weren't in a position to really compete for championships, but I think ultimately his trust with the Magic frayed because of how they handled his back injury. But Howard pushed through and, and had a really difficult season that one year in L.A., where his back was really messed up. And that, honestly, might have affected the rest of his career. He has not been able to reach the heights that he was in Orlando anywhere else. He struggled with the Lakers. He had some good moments with the Rockets, but it was clear his moment, his time at the top had passed. Howard's taken a little while to figure that out. Howard's taken a little while to realize that he is no longer the center of attention, that he's no longer the superstar player that he was in his eight years in Orlando. The Hall of Fame player that he was with the Magic is not the player that he was after leaving Orlando. And what's been really incredible to watch uh, with the Lakers is how much Howard has been willing to humble himself. How, you know, yes, there are still these bouts of immaturity and and Howard, you know, certainly is more mature than he was in Orlando, but he has a better understanding of what he can do and how he can help a championship team and how he can help a team win a title. And And I do think that matters. I do think that has shown incredible growth. That has shown that he can take that step up, that he can enter that next phase of his career. He was almost out of the league. The league had almost discarded him when the Lakers gave him that lifeline. And he has taken full advantage of it. I know some Magic fans are not happy to see him uh, back in the finals and, and, and seeing in a Lakers jersey at that, competing and playing for a championship. But, you know, I've, all, I've already forgiven and forgotten. And not, maybe not forgotten, but I've, I've already forgiven him. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly have criticized the Magic for how they handled the whole Dwight Mayer scenario. I, I don't think they did right by, by Howard in, in any stretch of the imagination either. Um, I think there are, there's blame to go around between Alex Martins, between Stan Van Gundy, between Dwight Howard. Everyone, there, there are no winners, and ultimately, like in any divorce, it's the kids who probably suffer the most, and, and we're the kids as the fans. But the bottom line is this, too. Dwight Howard is one of the best players. And to see him back in the finals, because in 2009, we thought we were going back. We thought we had a long, a long time to go with him. We thought that we had a full career ahead of us with Dwight Howard. And that didn't turn out. You know, I would have loved to see Jimmy Nelson win a title, latch on with the team and get a title. I would have loved to see all of those guys get the championship that we wish we could have won in 2009. Because at the end of the day, you want to come back and say, you know, Dwight Howard was an NBA champion. And there will be conflicted feelings about that. There will be conflicted feelings about Dwight. But I think that, I think that ultimately Dwight Howard is part of this Magic family. We had some disagreements before and it was nasty and ugly, but now that the Magic are 
back up on their feet again a little bit. You know, back-to-back playoff appearance is certainly back on your feet a little bit. They have a new direction. I, I've, I think it's time to, to let Dwight Howard back into the fold and, and focus more on the good times. And so I, I'll be happy to see him win a title if he does. The other guy I'll be really happy to see win a title is, frankly, Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel had a rough two years in Orlando. The Magic hired him after they won 35 games. They had a disciplinarian coach in Scott Skiles who got this team to play at a higher level than it ever played. Um, but there are certainly some pressure points, and Skiles essentially quit on the team in January. And things went off the rails. And Frank Vogel was at least a coach with a defensive pedigree that could build off of what Skiles had done and seemingly get this team moving back in the right direction. I don't know if he was the perfect coach for the team that the Magic had, but you know, with the pedigree he had and, and, and the reputation he had, it was certainly possible. But Orlando gave him no chance from the beginning. They traded Victor Oladipo, who... Vogel was excited to coach, but who knows? You know, Oladipo showed promise. I I don't think trading him was necessarily the wrong decision with with what the information that we had at the time. But the return they got and the moves they made afterward certainly were not the right decision. Serge Ibaka was an interesting gamble play to try and push all in a little bit. We always said that Nikola Vucevic needed a player like Serge Ibaka to protect the rim behind him. And then they went and got Bismack Biombo and spent a lot of money on him, and it made no sense. That roster just frankly made no sense. And Vogel had to deal with it, had to figure out how to play with a roster that just didn't fit, and everyone knew didn't fit from the beginning. On top of that, doing it with outsized expectations, with expectations that they would fit, that they would make the playoffs. Low stakes, but still difficult to reach. The Magic won 29 games in his first season and then 25 in his last season before he was fired. And that 25-win season was filled with injuries and just a lot of issues and just, frankly, no direction at all. As some fans would still point out, that the Magic don't have Luka Doncic. But Frank, you know, but a lot of that wasn't Vogel's fault. You know, I would say that, yes, you know, he was sometimes a little bit inflexible with his rotations and the way that he wanted to play. Uh, I think that his approach relying on game tape and and kind of like drilling things in practice the way that he did wasn't the best way for a young team to grow. I think that his his style, and again, proves with the Pacers, proves we're here with the Lakers, his style works better with veteran teams who know what they're doing, not teams that are still learning how to win. Um, you know, I think a coach like Skiles and a coach like Clifford who are very kind of regimented and focused on one or two little things helps teams grow quicker. You know, helps teams who haven't won grow quicker. And again, you need more flexibility, I think, as you get to the upper stages and, and you know who you are. As you're establishing who you are, you got to be very regimented. I mean, you know, I, 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 I think that that is definitely something that is very, very real. And again, Steve Clifford's entering a weird spot in his development as a coach and, and, and this team's development where, you know, he is very focused on regimenting a few things and some other things get neglected. You know, you have to, you can only spend your time on so much. And, and, and I think that that's certainly an area where Steve Clifford has struggled in his time as, as head coach. But Frank Vogel was always open with the media. He was always, you know, honest and, and, and honest and direct with, with fans, I, I feel like. Um, and, you know, at least as much as he could be. You know, he's not going to criticize the roster at any point. Um, and I felt like he... I felt like, you know, he was just kind of placed in just an unwittable situation. 
you know, I personally like Frank Vogel. You know, I I, I think I always found him to be very engaging. You know, even when the when he I remember when he came to the came to Orlando in the 2012 playoffs, uh, and you know, I heard him speak for the first time and and really dig into him at, with with that Pacer series, and I was just like, man, Frank Vogel is just super sharp. Like I was excited when he came to Orlando, and and, and I I always ex- enjoyed covering him. And so, just from a personal level, I'm. I'm very excited to see Frank Vogel succeeding. I wish it could have happened here. I don't think the Magic put him in a position to succeed. Obviously, going to the Lakers, he's shown a lot of growth. And I do think that Orlando experience changed him a little bit and and helped him learn a little bit more about how he needs to coach and, and being back. And he just might be a coach that is really good at taking veteran teams and taking them up a level, whatever that next level is. He may not be a coach that's good at developing young teams and figuring out how to get young teams to win. That's, that's something Steve Clifford is very good at. And now the next question is, can Steve Clifford be a coach that takes a, a team that's established to that next level like Frank Vogel has? Like Frank Vogel would be very good for this Magic team right now. Like that, the, Now would be the time to bring in a Frank Vogel. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm still on board with Steve Clifford. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything like that. Uh, but I'm definitely cheering for Frank Vogel to win a title. Um, you know, I, 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 I do think Orlando gave him a bit of a raw, raw deal and, and, and I'm happy to see him succeed. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy the NBA Finals. Of course, you can check out our podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himaly, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts so your podcast enable listening device. Be sure to check out also Locked on Heat and Locked on Lakers to get you set for all your NBA Finals needs. It's going to be a fun series. We're excited for Game 2 on Friday. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll continue player evaluations. We'll break down Nikola Vucevic's season. Next week, we'll take a look at some stats and, and break down where, where the Magic's offense and defense went wrong this year, as well as where they went right, perhaps. Um, and break those down in a little bit more detail as we wrap up our player evaluations and our recap of the 2020 season. It is October now, so we'll start diving into the NBA draft here shortly too with the November NBA draft on the horizon. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.